Ladies and gentlemen, if you're ready for some fantasy hockey streaming advice, it's time for the most styling, profiling, wheeling and dealing, jet flying, limousine riding podcast in all the land. It's the reigning, defending, undisputed fantasy hockey streaming champion of the world. It's the stream Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back once again to a very special preseason edition of the Stream Scheme, where myself and my dear friends PJ and Mason are going through each position, giving you our top 10 players for this upcoming 2021 to 2022 season. We are presented by the greatest fantasy hockey podcast in the world, Keeping Carlson, and will often refer to the best league in the world, the Keeping Carlson Ultimate Patron Fantasy League, aka the Cacupful. This is the fourth installment of this preseason series if you're listening to this you can go back and check out our top 10 right wingers centers and goalies all for this next year and today we are ranking our top 10 left wingers for next year and also before we get into everything i just want to say if you're listening or hopefully re-listening to this podcast and just want to get a quick recap of our top 10 list just skip to the end of this podcast i'll make sure to keep the list recaps very close to the end of the episode. But just a quick refresher of what we're doing exactly today, starting with our 10th overall left winger and working our way up to number one overall, we're ranking our left wingers for this next year. So it's where we would take them in a redraft league for the 2021 to 2022 season. And we are using a couple points scoring. That means for skaters, it's 4.5 points for a goal, three points for an assist, 0.5 points for a shot, 0.5 points for a block, 0.25 points for a hit, and one point for a short-handed point. And lastly, but certainly not least, we are turning these individual rankings into a contest as to who has the best overall list at each position and the best overall ranker as well. After each podcast comes out, head on over to Twitter at NHL Stream Scheme and vote on who has the best rankings at each position. And fellas, the rankings are in from our top 10 centers list. And I can understand maybe Mason had the best right winger list. I can even understand PJ having the best goalie list. But what I refuse to believe is that I did not have the best center list. And But hey, thus is life. I will not contest the vote. I will not request a recount or anything like that. The votes are what they are. But all I'm saying, people, is come on. Let's vote with our heads and not our hearts. I, I get it. We all love PJ, but he did not win that center list handedly. But before we get too far into it, let's hear from our co-host. First, let's shoot it over to PJ this time. PJ, how's it going? How do you feel about your left wing list? How do you feel about winning the center list? And lastly, how do you feel about being in the cuckoo with Mason? Hey, Dave, thanks for having me again. Yeah, always, uh, always good to come on here and have some uh, good chats with you too. You know, maybe I'll have to just 
fake my whole left wing list so Mason doesn't get all the inside scoop when we'll be uh, drafting against each other in a in about a week. But no, uh, I'm feeling pretty good about this left wing list. Uh, I like the top 10 left wing options that we have. Actually, I like probably the top 15 or so. There, it's a pretty heavy loaded top of the draft, uh, you know, position. So there's some pretty interesting talent, and it'll be interesting to see. I think. There might be some similar names on our list and we'll just uh, maybe have some different orders. It'll be fun to see. Um, but yeah, happy to take home the uh, the centers win. I have basically the same list as Mason, just in some slight different orders. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe that was where I, I got ahead of him. I, I did say to you before we started recording here, Dave, I, I did like Stamkos on your list, but I wasn't able to put him there because I used him in my right wings uh, to win that one. Um, but, uh, you know, it was nice to see uh, the voting came in, I guess, finished just after we recorded our last one, and you did end up pulling ahead by, I think, one vote to take home the, the goalie win. So congrats on that one, Dave. Yeah, and, and I will admit, I Mason also brought up a good point that maybe when people immediately heard that I had Zibanejad 10th, they just were like, screw this guy's list. But I thought, you know, having a guy that was such so good having him 10th that that would just reinforce how good my list was but I can understand Mason let's shoot it over to you how do you feel about that last list how do you feel about your left wingers and are you gonna uh, attempt to maybe mix up this list a little bit in an attempt to throw uh, PJ off your trail well luckily I've been uh, mixing up my last three lists to throw both of you off in case we were in the same draft so I think I'm pretty set that you uh, didn't end up in my division, but I've at least thrown PJ and all the other tier three people listening uh, off of my scent. So I'm going to dominate that draft. And um, yeah, I felt like I should have been closer to PJ in the votes considering how, uh, how simple our, our, our lists were. I guess people really like Dry Seidel over McKinnon this year. But uh, yeah, I don't know. That's old. Uh, I'm happy having McKinnon ahead. Um, maybe I'll get to pick fourth in tier three and he'll fall to me. So um, that would be fantastic. I'm looking forward to doing left wings here. And, um, oh, Dave, I'll comment on your center list. You forgot to mention that you had Sagan ahead of the bandage at attempt. That was the problem. Um, and we probably have a ranger on this uh, list here today that I'm curious how low you've decided to put him as well. Yeah, I guess we'll see here. And, <laughs> oh, yeah, and Sagan, I think... On just based on him, he's going like 52nd, I heard in the mock drafts, which, oh my goodness, I still stand with Sagan over Zaban Jad. I will happily grab him somewhere in the third round. Uh, spoiler alert for my cupful tier three teammates. And <laughs> as I'm sure they're, I, we probably have at least uh, nine of other listeners now that they know uh, I'm in their league checking out my rankings and stuff like that. But real quick, uh, I know, I know how like, Typically, we kind of sometimes mention about how we have like a different tiers when we're doing these top 10 lists. I want to know, uh, PJ kind of already mentioned on the depth, whenever I was going through it, really, I only have two tiers in this top 10. And it's the top three, and then the the bottom seven, I think would all be in the same tier. Uh, PJ, what do you think? I think uh, I've probably got three tiers in mind, pretty similar to what you were saying. I think kind of the top three would be my first tier and then a tier going through to like the next to about eighth and then 
uh, you know, nine and 10 in a tier slightly below, even with maybe some of my honorable mentions would be uh, lumped into that third tier for me. How about you, Mason? Yeah, I think I'm similar to PJ. I have uh, a top four and then another tier of four guys after that. And then my last two are probably in a tier that includes like six people outside of the top 10, but um, I'm still pretty happy to have them at the Cool. All right. Without further ado, let's get it going. I do predict that this will probably be our most uh, variance list. Uh, we might have a lot of same players, but they might be all over the place. I, I'm, I'm predicting that I have a number one overall that you guys probably don't, but we shall see here. Let's start it off with uh, Mason this time, because PJ, you did not earn that center victory. Okay. So we will not reward you. <laughs> with going first this time mason you are up first let's hear you who your top 10 or yeah number 10 left winger is for this next year Mr. yeah i um struggled a lot with who i would put uh top 10 but uh, i mean at 10th but decided on svechnikov he had a down year this last year but um yeah, it was incredible the year before, and his ice time went up and his hits went up from that year. Hopefully his shooting percentage can bounce back, and um, I think he's going to have a fantastic season and has a great floor, too, so you don't have to be concerned um, when you're picking him that he won't return value. PJ, you have uh, Sveshnikov in your top 10? Yeah, I have Sveshnikov at my ninth overall spot, so pretty close to Mason. Um, he's a guy I really like. I'm a fan of him for his like multi-cat kind of qualities. He's got a, a good perifs with his hits, you know, that sort of stuff really adds. So just something I'm really excited about when I'm looking at guys in this range. So there, like I said, this kind of nine, 10 and some honorable mentions were pretty close to me. And I just kind of went with a bit of a floor kind of option with him. That's why I bumped him a little bit higher than some of the other ones. And for myself, honorable mention here, just no other, I, I still love him. Uh, if he falls to me, uh, which he probably won't based on, you know, just name value and where people like yourselves are taking him probably won't fall to where I would be comfortable taking him just and the other guys in my top 10, I feel have a little bit higher of a floor. Uh, Svechnikov is a lot of fun to watch and obviously someone that you love having on your team so you can watch his games and watch his highlights and everything like that. But he just hasn't actually, you know, it's been a couple of years now and he still hasn't actually had that breakout season and uh, kind of maybe like how we talked about before and with our centers with Aho, maybe they finally do lock down like a true number one line and maybe he does kind of have that breakout but for me I just haven't seen it yet and so I felt uh, the guys that I had in my top 10 are a little bit more trustworthy with one of my top picks what do you think about that Mason or go ahead Peach yeah I was just gonna say the one interesting thing you mentioned is that he hasn't had that breakout season but this is the season like Dauber has him pegged as his breakout threshold for this year so that's part of my like hope for him and and I know it's you know it, it is uh not a guarantee but it is that kind of year for him coming out the amount of games he's played because of his you know skill set and everything this could be his breakout year and and maybe that's why I'm putting him a little bit farther ahead is I'm hoping for that breakout I like his you know her his perfs he's he shoots a decent amount he's not you know the 
the highest volume shooter, but he is a volume shooter. Plus he gets, you know, probably around 150 hits in a year on an 82 game pace, uh, maybe even up to 160, something like that. So I like those kind of perifs for the floor, plus the potential of his breakout threshold being this year. My other hope for him would be that he gets um, at least top six time all year, if not uh, first line most of the year. He hasn't had that a lot throughout his career. Um, last season he was like on the third line for a while um and so yeah i i expect him to take a step forward and um you know you've got that floor of the amazing peripherals and shots um and if he puts things together and uh, takes a step forward this year and like i said the shooting percentage bounces back those kind of things um gets more ice time gets more ice time with good players yeah, I think he could be close to a point per game as opposed to like his 60-point pace of last season. And so, um, yeah, his potential is just sky high. Yeah, I just don't want to draft him based off of some arbitrary kind of breakout number that Dauber suggests as opposed to uh, what he's actually done so far. And I think one of the hardest things to kind of learn, I think for myself, whenever I started playing fantasy hockey, is that progress isn't always linear. You know, it doesn't always kind of go a little bit step up, a little bit step up, a little bit step up every single year until like you eventually realize your peak value. And so it's just not always a sure thing. And for wherever he's going to go in the draft, I'll let someone else take that assumed uh, jump up as opposed to what I know someone can do. Uh, Mason has Svechnikov 10th, PJ has him 9th, and I had him as an honorable mention. So I'll shoot it over to PJ. Who do you have as your 10th overall left winger? For 10th overall, I went with uh, Landis Gog. Um, you know, he signed that deal. He's, you know, joined back into the Colorado Avalanche. We were, there was a little bit of time where we weren't sure if he was going to sign there. There was talks of him maybe going to Seattle. I'm glad he's sticking with Colorado uh, for fantasy wise. I think, you know, if he does stay playing with uh, McKinnon and Rantanen, he could probably outpace even this spot. Uh, but I've kind of bumped him down a bit just because he's not always guaranteed to be playing with those guys. We've seen him jump down to the second line, that sort of thing. They need to move him around sometimes when there's injuries or, you know, when Kadri's out for suspension, something like that. Um, although that was more postseason. Um, but yeah, he's just a guy who's consistently been a pretty solid pick in fantasy worlds. He's, you know, he puts up somewhere between, you know, he can probably pace for 75 is kind of what I have him pegged for this year, um, somewhere around there. Um, he does hit a bit too, which I like. He's, you know, maybe more around that, like not as quite as much as Svechnikov, but he's still probably going to hit 120 hits or something like that over two, uh, 82 game season. So again, he's a guy that has some nice perifs. He doesn't shoot as uh, much as some of the guys that I have a bit higher, but he is a pretty good volume shooter. Like he, he could be a 250 shot kind of guy in a 82 game season, uh, maybe even more. So that's something I really value. You know, I like my shots. So that's, uh, that's why I've got Landis Cog above some of my honorable mentions. Mason, did you have uh, Landis Cog anywhere? I have him at ninth and I knew PJ was going to say he had Landis Cog at 10th and I got burned on the center list, I guess, by Aho being behind Shifley. So now I'm putting another cane behind uh you know uh, a different team um and i'm worried that this is going to do the same thing to me as happened in the centers list but i'm pretty confident about having landis gog ahead and i kind of think dave has uh landis gog ahead of Chuchnikov too 
Um, the big thing for me when I was looking at it, like if you look at Kukupfel this past year, Landeskog was ranked eighth in average points per game, and Svechnikov was down at like 25th. Svechnikov has at least as much uncertainty in terms of the lines um, than Landeskog does. So I'm pretty happy to have Landeskog ahead, even if Svechnikov takes a step forward and Landeskog takes a bit of a step back. I can't see Svechnikov um, really outpacing him. Uh, you are incorrect there, Mason. I did <laughs> not have Landeskog in my top 10. Uh, and so it looks like. You guys might have some but was similar. He a higher, was he a higher honorable mention than Sveshnikov? Not even an honorable mention. Uh, so what? I did crazy. have him. I did have him lower. So it looks like, yeah, once again, you guys are going to have very similar lists to the voters and hopefully uh, they like kind of my outlier uh, way to go here. But yeah, I, there's nothing, I have nothing really against Landeskog per se. Uh, I mean, I agree with everything you guys Clearly were saying. Do. No, I mean, I just, he just doesn't excite me, you know, and I, I just think that he, I don't want to draft someone that high. It was like the third wheel on his team, I guess is what I would say. And so again, I mean, I would draft him if he's around in the like fifth round, maybe, but uh, I think he's going to probably be well gone before then so uh, nothing against Landeskog I just don't like him I'm not a panderer this is my list uh, you're only going to be on there if I enjoy having you on my team and Landeskog is only there if I'm getting incredible value for him otherwise he can uh, he can kiss off so <laughs> any other closing thoughts here on Landeskog from you guys I was just going to say that, you know, these two were pretty close for me. I kind of switched them back and forth a few times um, along with some of the other guys that are in the honorable mentions list. The one interesting thing here, I'm just, I just pulled it up because the one thing I hadn't looked at is in our mock drafts of the couple, uh, thanks to uh, Kevin for putting together this awesome spreadsheet. Uh, Svechnikov is going on average one spot before Gabriel Landeskog at 30th and 31st averaging, uh, you know, 30.43 and 31.93. So those guys are very close, even in our couple uh, mock drafts uh, could honestly go either way. Svechnikov going as early as 22nd overall and Landeskog going 24th as his highest. Uh, and then latest for Svech going 38th and Landeskog going 41st. So I think the couple patrons are pretty high on both of them. And and I think you'd be happy to get either of them. So if you have one that you like uh, over the other and, and one goes right before you, you could still be happy getting the other guy because I, I think they're probably pretty, uh, I wouldn't say interchangeable. They have different things about them that I like, but they're both probably give you some very good value at that point in the draft. Yeah, I um, I did use Excel for this list. So I do have some, some more thoughts add, uh, related to that, but I have them... Um, just projected a couple points apart so it's really not a big difference um but again that's assuming a big step forward for Svechnikov and um, a little bit of regression for Landeskog sounds good so we have uh PJ had Landeskog 10th Mason had him 9th and I did not even have him as an honorable <laughs> mention yeah he just doesn't move the needle for me doesn't doesn't get me going but uh I'll be going next here someone who does get me going is my number 10th left winger for this next year. And that is Karilla, the Thrilla Kaprizov. He ended up 
getting almost a point per game, 51 points in 55 games. He shoots a ton. Maybe he had a high shooting percentage. Maybe, I guess we'll see. It was his first year in the league. And so we have nothing really to compare it against. But I just think that coming out of the gate that hot, that's the makings of a superstar. I see no reason for him not to improve because he was in like the hardest defensive division last year. So hopefully we can even see everyone on their team get a little bit of an uptick in offense there. But uh, that's enough for me. Let's send it over to uh, Mason first. Did you have Kaprizov anywhere? I do not. He was an honorable mention for me. Um, I swapped him out for Svechnikov actually last minute. So he's right there. Um, Again, I have them projected just a few points apart. Um, And yeah, it's projecting a bit of a step forward for both those players. But um, yeah, I think I just, the floor isn't there as much as it is for Svechnikov. Um, you know, is Svechnik, is Kaprizov going to outpoint Svechnikov? Like, probably, like, I would, I would make that bet. But, um, you know, when, when Svechnikov has such a high floor, like, if he does actually have more points than Kaprizov, um, or even if he puts up close to the same number of points, he's going to outscore him uh, in Kukupful and in a lot of other leagues. How about you, Pete? you have uh, Kaprizov anywhere in your top 10? He was also my probably first honorable mention just outside of the top 10. So I quite like that pick, Dave. I just, uh, I didn't quite see him in my top 10, but there's a lot to like there. And similar to what we were saying about Sveshnikov, uh, you know, I, I know it's a little different uh, as he he played over in the KHL a lot longer and then came over here, but he came in. He's he's a pro already. Like he he wasn't a, a true rookie, even though he, you know, eligible and won the Calder and, and should have and everything like that. But that guy's been playing. He's he's a bit older. He's not coming in as like a you know 19 year old doing. So I think we can assume that, you know, what he did is is repeatable. It's not a one off. Yeah, shooting percentage you mentioned could could come down possibly a bit, but I think he's the real deal. And as Minnesota is trending in an you know an upward way with some of the other forwards they've got coming in, it'll be interesting to see if a Rossi or something like that makes the team. If they end up playing together at all for, for part of the season, um, you know, I definitely think Kaprizov would be the uh, the leader on that one and, and actually bring up Rossi's uh, you know fantasy value in in more so probably dynasty leagues but maybe a a late flyer if you you think he's going to make the team but um yeah he's he's a guy that's exciting interesting to see and similar to what mason was saying i just like the floor of svechnikov i've seen more of what svechnikov has done in the nhl that's not saying that kaprizov won't you know be amazing and and come out and i agree he's probably going to get more points but I do like Svechnikov's hits and, and stuff like that, especially in a couple or count some of those peripherals and give you the stats. So that's why I put them just outside of my top 10. Yeah. And kind of like I was talking about with uh, Svechnikov. Yeah. One of those guys I like having on my team just because I like watching him play. He does some crazy, crazy stuff. And, any kind of excuse I can get to to watch his games, I will take. And I always kind of overdraft those guys. Maybe I shouldn't, but I always like uh, having those kind of guys on my team as opposed to someone like Landeskog. Ugh. I, the more I talk about him, the less I like him. But um, Ugh, top ten Landeskog career. Well, he's at least I, I at least like him more than uh, Ryan Johansson. So he at least has that going for him so i got caprizov here 
10th overall, and then a couple of uh, high honorable mentions here by PJ and Mason. But I'll go again because I already know these other guys, ninth overall skater, and I already know one of these guys doesn't have him on his list because he was ineligible. Uh, but we'll see where the other person has it. I have Ehlers here at ninth overall. Uh, we kind of talked about him a little bit, but uh, first I'll shoot it over. So PJ, I believe you had him as your ninth right winger, or is that right? I believe it was. I could be wrong on the number. I don't have the list of my right wingers right up, but I think it was around the ninth. Yeah, it was like ninth eight of or right nine. wing or something yeah. like that. Um, and yeah, I'm a big fan of him. You know, that was was uh, one guy that I wondered if he was going to make uh, either of your list because I am a big fan of his. The reason why I moved him over to my right wing spot is because I didn't see him fitting in my top 10 of my left wing spots. Uh, and I think he is better than some of the, the right wing options. Like I mentioned at the beginning of this, the left wing, the, the top end of the left wing is is pretty stacked. So he probably still wouldn't have made my top 10 but he is a guy that's probably right around some of the honorable mentions that I would have um but obviously I wasn't able to throw him in my my left wing so I wasn't really considering him but I think I mentioned it all in the right wing of of why I like him so I'll just uh, pass over to Mason see if he has him in his list yeah I uh, don't have dealers in my list um he is once again an honorable mention and looking at my rankings here, I have Landeskog, Svechnikov, Kaprizov, Ehlers, all back-to-back and all within 12 fantasy points of each other. So um, these guys are very interchangeable. Like I said, um, my like 9 through 15 are super interchangeable. But um, yeah, I do really like Ehlers. One thing to note about him um, is in the mock drafts we've been doing, he's been going pick 52. So um, you can get him a full two rounds later than these other guys that we're talking about. And um, like I said, I have them within like 10, 15 fantasy points of each other. So um, yeah, I would, I would way rather pick Ehlers at that point than I would take one of these guys at the end of the second round. Yeah, that was something in uh, the uh, Keeping Carlson uh, like kind of mock draft um, review podcast that they did that I believe, I believe it was, it, it was Kevin, right? And that's, that's his name. Yeah. And so uh, Kevin pointed out that, yeah, he was going 52 in the mocks and that Dom had him, I think 22nd overall based on his projections based on cupful scoring. And that's weight. So the patrons, I think are a little uh, underrating him. I think Dom's a little bit overrating him. I'd probably put him kind of somewhere in the middle like 37, 38, somewhere around there, that'd be comfortable having him in. Uh, obviously, left wing, right wing eligible, always a big plus. And I know last year, a bunch of people got great value on him because at least in Yahoo drafts, that was one of those people that for whatever reason, like in the rankings ended up like over 200th or something like that. And that's something I always like to do in my drafts is just kind of go in there and just seeing who, because if you compare like our top tens to like Yahoo's or ESPN their their rankings sometimes are just atrocious and stuff like that so you can really just kind of go in there see because most people they're just going to nominate someone who's near the or top of the queue or even draft someone who's probably showing that's pretty high up there they might not take the time to kind of really scroll down there and be like wow who are they just completely forgetting about and then maybe just kind before he kind of pops up in that like you know, top 10 overall players box of who's like other next highest available players. 
uh, just kind of draft him before he shows up there or in an auction draft as I typically were in before this year, uh, I would save a couple bucks for those players. And so that's how uh, you can end up getting a couple good values on those kind of guys. So, all right. So I got healers as my ninth overall. We think PJ had him as his ninth overall right winger and Mason does not have him. And now that I'm looking at the rest of the names left, I'm thinking that I'd be surprised if any of us had a player that wasn't in one of our other lists, top 10, uh, unless someone has a super hot take. Like if someone's, you know, feels the way that I feel about Landeskog <laughs> about one of these players and just less, left them off their list entirely. But I guess we'll see right here. Uh, let's shoot it over to uh, PJ. Who do you got for your eighth overall left winger? At uh, eighth overall, I went with Max Pacioretty. This is a guy who I'm interested to see if Vegas's power play figures it out. And I think it's a guy that could probably outplay some of the other guys I have ahead of them, if Vegas figures that out, because their power play last year was just brutal. It was so hard to watch, especially in the playoffs, just wasn't converting on anything. Uh, maybe it's more recency biased on me, just remembering how poor it was in the, in the playoffs. But if that power play, which has some really hot talent on it, can get going, I think Patretti's points will go up. And he's a guy who likes to shoot the puck, has always liked to shoot the puck. That's something I'm a fan of, as I've mentioned many times, um, you know, something that I always look for in players that I'm looking to draft. And I think he's just, he, he did fairly well last year, still even, um, you know, without having all that. And the other thing I like is Vegas is going to be switching over to that uh, Pacific division, which should be a little bit easier competition for them as well. So he was already doing some great things last year and now he will be, you know, playing potentially against some of the, the easier teams, depending on what happens. I still think, you know, the Kings might surprise some people on being a little bit better than a lot of people are projecting them, but I still don't think they're going to be a playoff contender or, or anything like that. But, you know, there's some easier talent against or easier competition for them to be playing against. Um, and I'd like to see what uh, Patrick does. He's also a guy, though, that I am a little bit worried about. There's been rumors of is Vegas going to trade him? I think at this point in the offseason, they're probably holding on to him. I don't see him getting traded mid-season, but, uh, you know, it's Vegas is weird. They, they don't seem to have that loyalty of their players as much. You know, let's just trade off the Vesna winning goalie. Let's trade off some guys that are, you know, but they've put themselves in a bit of a cap crunch, so they have to figure out some things. But I don't see Max Pacioretty not playing a, a huge dominant role on that team, both, uh, you know, even strength time and power play time, so... He's, he's my pick for uh, eighth overall. I've got Pacioretty ranked seventh overall out of, I think, the the last these last eight guys that I think will be on everyone's list. I thought uh, I liked him a little bit better than someone else here that uh, we'll know shortly here. But uh, Mason, where do you have Pacioretty and how do you feel about him this year? I also have Pacioretty seventh overall. Um, I feel good about him. I can't see him getting traded. I'm not sure if there are like COVID protocols in place for trades or anything this year, like there were last year. But yeah, Pacioretty is just extremely consistent. Um, he actually finished fifth overall in points per game or fourth overall, I should say, if you don't count dry title in points per game, um, by left wingers each of the last two years. So he's, he's right up there at the top of the league. 
Um, the only concerns for me are a bit of his shooting percentage and just his age. He missed some games um, this past year, and I just wonder if um, that may be a trend a little bit moving forward. But no concerns about his production when he's healthy. Um, yeah, I'm happy to have him at seventh. He seems like a lock to finish um, in this top eight for sure. Yeah, and Mason, you hit on the only reason that – I had him a little bit lower than some other guys was that it's just his age. Everything else looks amazing. And so, um, you know, you, some people might get some good value on him if he's able to keep up uh, that almost, or at least maybe not point per game pace, but at least pretty close to it because with the amount that he shoots, he has a very good floor. So as long as he doesn't kind of really fall off, he's probably going to have another very good season. PJ had Patrick eighth. And myself and Mason had him seventh. Uh, so Mason, let's kick it over to you. Who did you have for your eighth overall left winger? Uh, I had the uh, less good than Crosby, Jake Gensel. Um, and uh, he's projected for me just below Patrick like 1.1 1, 1. 1 points. So it's not a big difference between the two. Um, I think you can pick your flavor, but um, yeah, Gensel's going to be playing with great players in Pittsburgh, uh, going to be on that top power play. And uh, yeah, he's, he's very consistent as well. He shoots and hits a fair bit as well. So um, I don't think there's really anything not to like about Gensel. Yeah, I had Gensel ranked a little bit higher. I had him ranked sixth. Uh, PJ, where do you have Gensel ranked and how do you feel about him? Yeah, I have Gensel. He was my swap for Patretti from you guys, basically. So I have him ranked one spot higher. Uh, pretty much the same mirroring what Mason said. He's a super solid guy. When I did my projections, I have him just slightly above Pat Reddy, but honestly, if, if I adjust one or two little things and a couple scoring, whatever, it could be the difference of like an assist or, or a goal or something like that on the season. So I have them very, very close. Like I mentioned in that similar tier where I think their couple scoring is going to be quite similar at the end of the season. There's different things I like about each of them. You know, I, I like who Jake Cancel plays with. I, I'm still assuming Crosby's not going to be out too long. Uh, I think he's going to be back after like a week, maybe miss the first week or something with healing up that risk. But, uh, you know, that's a dominant line that those two play so well together. He plays great on the power play with them. And, you know, he doesn't shoot as much as Patch Reddy, which is the one surprising thing that I put him higher than Patch Reddy because normally my deciding factor between guys that I find uh, close to each other, I, I go with the guy who has the volume shooting. Um, but I just think Gensel, I just really like his trajectory and I like um, a little bit more of, of, of what I've seen from him lately. But it could honestly go either way. Yeah, and maybe, uh, again, this is my list. You can't tell me what to do. I'm a Pittsburgh homer, so maybe that's why I have Gensel ranked ever so higher more than these other fellas. But it, to me, I think this could be like his kind of breakout season. Like we've we've talked about, like, obviously he's, I think, surpassed that Dauber games played at this point. But I think you can, like, he's pretty locked in, I think, for at least – 70 points at this point and I really think he could really take it up a level and be someone who could get 90 to 95 points the only kind of knock on him I would say at this point would be obviously there's injuries to Sid and Gino at this point uh, but I would counter that by saying that neither of those injuries are going to be long-term stuff like they might be out like two weeks or something well 
two weeks supposedly for Sid. I guess technically we still don't know about Gino, but I would counter that by saying with, it doesn't matter who Gensel's playing with, like he's always produced with whoever it is. So even if it's uh, Carter and Russ with him along up there at that top line, I still think he could produce at the same, like uh, a couple points essentially per game as he would be even with Sid or Gino uh, centering that line. So not too concerned about that. I think he's great. I think he'd be due for a breakout. And I think that he's going to go, eh, maybe he's going to go a little bit lower than uh, I think he would go. So wh- where's he uh, going right now, Mason? Do you know in the in the mocks? Yes. <laughs> uh, one second. He's going at 24th or 25th overall. All right. Yeah, I think that's probably about pretty good value for him. I would be very happy to get him at the end of the second there. How about you, Peach? Yeah, I I like him there. And to just build off of what you were saying, I actually think I probably have him pegged around a a point per game player at this point in his career, even even a little bit higher than what you were saying, Dave. Um, So that, you know, that'll pump a little bit of those Penguins fan tires right there. But yeah, (laughs) I think he's I have him pegged at, at about a point per game. And that's probably some of the reason why I just put him a little bit higher than Petretti for me, even though he doesn't have the same shooting volume. I just like his point potential and everything else you said. I, I agree. I, I think he's, he's a lock. He's a guy who also drives the play no matter like, you know, he plays with Crosby, but he can make the plays himself too. It's, it's not always about him just riding shotgun with Crosby. We've seen him do well when Crosby has been out, we've seen him, you know, play with other people. They've had to cycle through that right wing as well. So it's a, you know, it's a guy who can, who can play well as much as he is riding shotgun with, you know, one of the best players, uh, as Dave would say, the best player in the world. Uh, I still think that's Connor McDavid, but uh, you know, that's an argument for another time. Uh, but yeah, he's still playing with Sid. And, and like you said, I don't think Sid's going to be out that long. And you know what, if Gino's out, it might actually just mean they have to rely on, on Sid and Gensel a bit more for that scoring. If they're not able to rely on that, on a second line as much for the scoring, they'll, they'll probably still do fine for shutting down other teams and stuff like that. But uh, with Gino out, it, it might be it might lay on their shoulders even just that much more. Let's see here. I've got Gensel sixth overall. Uh, PJ has Gensel uh, seventh overall, and Mason has Gensel eighth overall. And I will say, I also one of those guys who's left wing and right wing eligible. And I've only got one more guy ahead of him who also has that dual eligibility, but we'll see who that is. And I'm starting to think maybe uh, my eighth overall guy, it, it might be someone who you guys don't have in your top 10. We'll see, but it is Huberto here at eighth overall for me. And I, I like him a lot, uh, but he is going to get overdrafted in a lot of leagues, which is why I have him down here at eighth behind people like Patches and Gensel, just because for as many points as he gets in terms of like a couple points per game, he's still behind guys like Hints, Perron, Toffoli, things like that, just because the man doesn't shoot a whole lot, doesn't have a ton of perips. He gets points, but that's pretty much about it. But before we get too much into it, I want to see if you guys actually even have them in your top 10 here. Uh, Mason, did you have Huberto anywhere in your top 10? Of course. I have Huberto at sixth. And how about you, PJ? Yeah, go ahead, PJ. I, I uh, also have Huberto at sixth. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Huberto. I've been probably singing his praise for a couple of years now. A guy that I drafted late a number of years back, and he helped me win my league for sure. He was probably you know a couple years back when he was less on everyone's radar back when he was probably still in my opinion one of the 
most uh, underrated players that was actually putting up those points. And, and now the one thing I really like is we just watched Florida keep getting better and better. And that team keeps putting up more and more points. And, and like you said, Dave, um, you know, scoring wise, he's one of the top, you know, assist guys constantly in this league and his playmaking abilities are so fun to watch from both the eye test as well as from the fantasy side of things. So he's a guy I'm a big, big fan of and uh, a guy that I think is going to do quite well. Um, so yeah, I had him uh, just slightly higher. So uh, yeah, he's, he's a great pick. I'm a big fan. I'd be stoked to get him uh, a little bit later than some of these other guys too. Um, I'm not sure. I'll pull it up right now. He's been going in our mock drafts around 20th overall. So yeah, he's, he's in that kind of second round later in the second round, mid to late. Um, you know, it, it, if I'm getting a left winger at that point, if I've already taken, say, a, a center or a right wing on my first or maybe a D, I wouldn't be taking a goalie because that's just me. I don't I do not do that in the first few rounds. Um, I'd be more than happy to have Huberto as my first left winger at the end of the second, depending on where I'm, I'm picking. Well, and let's also keep in mind, especially in the Cup full 14-team league, that's like pretty much exactly mid-second because the end of the second round would be like 28th overall. But um yeah, you're definitely not going to get that discount on Huberto like people might have been able to get in years past. Uh, that that time is long gone. If you want Huberto, you are going to have to pay the price for it. And you better also hope that he keeps up that incredible point pace because if he doesn't, you're not going to get the value there, which is the reason why. Even though I do have him in my top 10, it's just a little bit lower and a little rich for my blood in the middle of the second there. Yeah, I um, I really like Huberto. Um, I have always been one who's been fading him so maybe not like pj who's been trying to draft him at value um but it's because of what you said like his shots have been low and in the last number of years um i mean when he first really broke out he was playing with barkoff and then for a few years it was like is he going to be on barkoff line is he not going to be on barkoff line that was the big question and um in the last year uh maybe two years i'm trying to remember but um he's just been solidly on the second line doesn't play with Barkov at even strength and um seeing you know the point totals he was able to put up not playing with Barkov is um why i have him um ranked up at six if he does play any time with Barkov, that's just a bonus on top of um what he can already do himself and um, he's going to put up a ton of points on the power play and something to think about like he was a little bit lower last year but he was playing with um alex wenberg and dragging around patrick hornquist so those are not the guys you want to be on the line with if you're going to put up 90 95 100 points um, and this year, like say what you will about Sam Reinhardt or about Sam Bennett or any of these other guys in the mix in the top six that are going to land up um, on his other wing and uh, be his center. But um, they're definitely improvements on the two guys that, uh, well, one that Florida shipped out and one that um, is projected to be bumped down the lineup this year. So um, I think he'll have better even strength line mates that can put up points. And um, yeah, I'd be very happy to draft him in this range uh, this year and it would be the first time he's been on my team. Yeah. And it's very possible. He's still dragging around Hornquist as well there on the second line. Uh, at least Hornquist is still going to be on that power play. That's, I don't think anyone's pumping him off there, but um, yeah. So, but yeah, you're right. Sam Bennett is a huge upgrade there. And then it's always possible that it might be someone like Duclair on that second line as well. We shall see which um, so 
I have Huberto ranked eighth and both PJ and Mason have Huberto ranked sixth. And so apparently this list is not going to be as variant as I thought, because I'm pretty sure we all have the same uh, top five guys. It's just a matter of where they kind of fit in. And I did give my prediction that I think I'm going to have a number one that someone else doesn't have. And so uh, we, we all went through our top, our number six pick already. I had Gensel, PJ, and Mason had Huberto. And so now we move on to our fifth overall left winger. Let's send it over to you, PJ. Who do you have as your fifth overall left winger? Yeah, so for fifth overall, I went with uh, Debrinket, uh, the, the cat. Uh, big fan of his, his play. He's, uh, he's also a dual eligible guy, so that's a, a nice one too, uh, left wing, right wing status. Um, there are some concerns, but also there are some positives to be thinking about, you know, with Chicago, you know, if Taves is back, you know, what are their lines going to look like? They're probably going to be able to spread a bit of their time out a bit more. You know, they had to rely on a lot of guys to step up last year. Uh, not that Chicago was like, you know, blowing anyone out of the water, but you know, they're, they're a team that should take slight step forward, even though, you know, they've got some really good talent there. That's aging out and, and they're going for it and they're you know they're bringing in a former Vesna goalie they're 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 making some moves to be competitive so it'll be interesting to see he's a guy that you know he he shoots the puck he doesn't need to shoot like you know 300 the one worry I always have is his shooting percentage ends up being so high even last year he was shooting like 20 percent uh, shooting percentage which you know is even five percent higher than his career average so that's the reason why I bumped him down a bit more. I've, I've seen some people being taken him probably a little bit higher in some of the mock drafts than where I would, uh, you know, over some of the other guys, but I'm just worried about that. You know, that 20% shooting average is, is probably going to regress a bit, but even, you know, the year before he was at 8.7 and the year before that he was at 18.6. So his, his shooting percentage does jump around. It doesn't really like, you know, like you said, Dave, nothing's linear. And, and this guy is his shooting percentage is not one of those. Um, he does hit a little bit. It's not like, uh, not, he's, he's not going to be Ovechkin style or anything like that for, for hits, but, uh, he still does put up some hits. He had 70 hits last year in 52 games. That's, that's pretty great for, uh, for a guy like that. That's going to get, you know, a quarter of a point per hit. Um, so yeah, there's a lot to like about him. I'd be interested to see, I have a feeling one of you guys might have him even higher than where I put him. Um, maybe even both of you, but uh, there was a few reasons why I just dropped him down slightly. Well, it won't be me. I also had him fifth overall as well here. How about you, Mason? I have him at fifth too, so <laughs> it looks like we're all in agreement here. Maybe, just maybe, we'll have the exact same Oh order my goodness, five, that'd be you guys think? We, we did not plan this. <laughs> I swear to goodness. I honestly thought this, this list was going to be all over the place. Wow. So I guess it goes to show if you see someone else that doesn't have left-wing rankings like we do, they are wrong. We are right. Because anytime mm -hmm. all three of us can be in an agreement, you know, we're pretty well up to something here. But uh, yeah, in terms of the brink ad, I kind of thought the same same stuff as you, Peach. Um, a little bit concerned as to whether he'll be able to put up the same amount of points, but just those periffs give him such a good floor is the reason why I had him this high. Because when you look at his average couple points per game, he was fourth overall in left-wing eligible players. And that includes lumping in dry saddle up there as a left winger as well. So just gives him an incredible floor. Even if he can't keep up that pace, you're still going to get good value for him here. I'm guessing he goes somewhere in the second, but not only that floor, but also that left wing, right wing eligibility. 
makes him such good value kind of regardless of where he goes in the second uh just a matter of preference and where i guess you're drafting in the second really uh Mason, what do you think about him and potentially where he's going in drafts? Yeah, I think I think in spot and um, yeah, I have him at the top of the second tier, but he he would be the one that I'd put in between my first and second tiers. Obviously, you guys, um, yeah, have him at fifth as well, but I have him actually closer to that um, top tier than I do to the second tier. Um, the big things, like PJ said, are shooting percentage, um, but. I yeah I was shocked to see that he put up 110 hit pace this year considering his size and everything um and he paced for over 50 goals this year so um yeah I can't see them taking away any of the extra ice time they gave him this year once they see once they saw what he could do so um yeah I'm very confident in him having another elite season and maybe with an improving Chicago team um he could be even better all right so there we go we all have the Brinkett as our fifth overall left winger (laughs) and I am also guessing that we all have the next player all ranked the same just based off of the names we have left here and I'm surprised we kind of all ended up the same on him because he's kind of all over the place I had Brady to Chuck baby Chucks as my fourth overall left winger PJ what do you think about Brady to Chuck and why did you rank him fourth overall at least I'm guessing you did yeah you got it nail on the head with that one he definitely was my fourth overall um he's a pretty simple pick for me here. I think he's a guy that we're going to see keep raising on lists uh, in any leagues that count like the perifs that he puts up. He's a guy that just shoots the puck like crazy. He's just a perifs gem floor for, you know, average couple points. Um, And he's a guy that I'm just, I put him up a little bit and, you know, he might even bump up like I was saying in years to come, because if some of these shots that aren't going in start converting, then this guy's, going to be you know uh, a guy that we're all probably going to be talking about shortly uh then the next coming of a, of a guy for fantasy value on the left wing side that just hits and shoots and can put up points and i'm excited to see what ottawa is going to be doing uh they just need to get this guy signed i can't believe it's gone this long he should have been locked up before the offseason even started because this guy is so great for them and he can play that top line they've had him bump down to the second line uh, at times, but I don't see that happening anymore. I think he's a lock for their kind of top line left winger. Um, probably going to be playing with Josh Norris. They've got a lot of up and coming young studs that I think this team's, you know, moving in the right direction now after being a, a team that's been pretty, pretty low uh, for quite a while. And, and I'm excited to see what this guy's going to do. Yep. And I also had Brady Tichuk as the fourth overall left winger here. BJ, you kind of mentioned how they had him on the second line there for a little bit. It doesn't matter where he's playing. Whoever's playing with Brady to Chuck is the top line. I don't care what the average time on ice is or whatever the case may be. Yeah, and uh, the contract is maybe a little bit uh, disconcerting here, especially if uh, you are drafting maybe in like uh, like a couple slow drafts coming up here at the beginning of next week, and he still doesn't have a contract signed. Uh, maybe don't want to maybe take a first rounder on him, but I still don't think uh, I don't think you really have to worry about any kind of holdout happening. I think he's it's going to get done. I know that there's already an uh, eight year eight million. I supposedly already on the table but i guess we'll see what happens with that and yeah like on the surface looking at brady to chuck it's like you you would think he had like a 
like a snoozer of a year last year, but no, he's still finished pretty freaking high in uh, points, per, a couple points per game over guys like uh, Evander Kane, Landis Gog, Ehlers, Gensel, even with like the crap point total that he had. So that just tells you <laughs> how much he's throwing his body around out there and to other people and in front of pucks and things of the sort. So uh, Mason, uh, you ready to talk about Brady to Chuck as your fourth overall left winger? Absolutely, I am. Um, I love him at fourth overall. I might even draft him higher. I was surprised to see my projections um, come out with him as my third overall left winger. Um, and that is still only with projecting him for 60 points. So um, if he does take a step forward and break out, he could go absolutely nuts and be the first overall left wing. Um, I'm just a little, I just can't justify drafting a 60 point guy over hundred point players. Um, but yeah, absolutely loved his floor. He's got the, he was second in the league in shots this year, two behind Matthews, and he was second in the league in hits two behind Gudas. So he's basically that Ovechkin prototype um, without as much scoring as Ovechkin, but he's putting up the same peripherals that Ovi had in his prime so um, I think you've got to draft him in your top five at least um, just based on that floor and then um, how high you take him just depends on how high you see him um, going with his points this year um, it would only take you know another five to put him first overall all right so there we go we all have Brady to Chuck as our fourth overall left winger. And we all have the same top three. It's just a matter of uh, how they necessarily shake out in each of our orders. We shall see. Uh, let's shoot it over to PJ first this time. Who is your third overall left winger? At uh, third overall on the left side, I'm going with Artemi Panarin. You know, this is a guy who's, I don't think anyone can deny there's probably not much we need to say even about all, all of these top guys. They're just solid players. You're going to get what you ask for. They're all safe bets around these points. Um, he's going to put up points. He's going to be playing that top line, top power play uh, in New York. Or actually, you know what? At times, Panarin plays second line in New York with uh, Ryan Strom. But still, like you were saying about Brady Chuck, if, if Panarin's on the ice, that's pretty much your top line with that team. Uh, as much as we've mentioned and loved Zibanejad, uh, Panarin's just just so dominant he's he's great uh it's hard to deny he's over you know he's going to be putting up around that 100 point pace uh over an 82 game season i would say possibly higher like this guy's just been growing over the past two years with new york last season he put up 58 points in 42 games the season before he had 95 points in 69 games so this is a guy who's probably going to break that 100 point pace if all goes well for him uh the one thing that i you know as much as we love him his perifs are nothing to be uh super excited about the guy doesn't really hit doesn't really block um but you know what i'm okay with that that means he's hopefully going to stay healthy and and play in those games and not put his his body at risk um and he's just going to keep shooting the puck into the net he's not going to get as many goals as uh you know some others at this point but just his point pace in general he the guy can can put pucks in the net he's probably you know I've, I've been projected for somewhere around like a 35 to 40 goal pace uh and then you know probably in breaking that 100 points so he's a guy i'm pretty excited about and i don't think you'd go wrong if you took him uh in the first round and you son of a gun pj i also had freaking Panarin as my third overall left winger. Mason, surely 
you didn't also have Panarin as your third overall left winger. Panarin is my number three overall. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, okay. We might just have a full-on clean out the same top five here. We we better all be getting a lot of votes this time. (laughs) Because the votes are too different. We know there's something fishy going on. Uh, So, yeah, how do you feel about uh, Panarin? Why do you rank him third instead of some of the guys above him? Um, Just basically what PJ was saying. Like, his point point totals are absolutely nuts um over 100 point pace the last few years um yeah you really can't go wrong with that like pj said he doesn't put up peripherals um and it is pretty assist heavy so um that would be why he's behind the other two but he's in the same tier i don't have them projected very far apart um so again this is kind of kind of drafter's choice but um yeah, I, I would have him third just because we've seen um, the other two guys finish first overall before um, and are consistently in the top three. So it's just it's hard to bet against them. Um, but yeah, absolutely love Panarin. Um, I expect him to score a ton of points again this year um, on that Rangers offense, um, which hopefully is even better this year. It's not going to be better this year. They lost Puchnevich. What else did they do? Uh, Lafreniere's older, Kako's older. Hopefully some other players are better. (laughs) Ah, Uh, (laughs) yes. They're going to be better because of pure time. Okay. (laughs) Uh, That's how it it works, Dave. Well, Panarin, he just plays also left wing, right? He's never going to play with Panarin, right? Or can he also play right wing? Uh, Lafreniere? Yeah. Lafreniere did play some right wing last year, I believe, with Savannah Jed. So there is a chance that he plays with Panarin. But um, if not, then still on the top power play, I think he it definitely has the skill to be an upgrade over Ryan Strom. I don't know about that. Ryan Strom was a beast there. Um, But we'll see how it shakes out. I also think Kako might just straight up be a bust. I'm sorry to uh, cousin Ben uh, from Short Shifts, a big Rangers fan, but yeah, as, as you guys heard me talk about <laughs> the Rangers on a couple other lists, not high on them this year, like everyone else seems to be. And even though I've got, I still got Panarin ranked third. You can't say I didn't like not rank him correctly when I also ranked him exactly the same as these two other fine fellows. But I just think uh, where you're going to get him in drafts is a little rich for my blood. Uh, I would not really see him going really much lower than like 15th overall, like maybe seeing someone who's got like that 14, 15 right on a turn there, just seeing, and I'm guilty of this as well, just seeing the name value there and just being like, Ooh, Panarin's still here compared to the rest of the the names, which maybe aren't quite as known, but might offer a little bit more upside in regards to what they can provide you, which kind of like what we talked about with Brady to Chuck, obviously I don't rank him high. I don't rank ranked to Chuck higher than Panarin, but I think it's like uh, Mason mentioned, it's quite possible uh, that to Chuck could end up with a better uh, point average and things of that sort. So another guy that uh, I probably won't be drafting uh, just based on where he's going in drafts, but if he did fall enough for, if he did fall far enough into the second round, I probably would take him just because like what Mason said, like anytime he's like, you know, hundred point guys available in like the mid second, you can't not take him at that point, but yeah, just kind of don't like the Rangers yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. So just looking at our mock drafts uh, again, thanks to Kevin um, Panarin going around kind of that 13th spot, uh, 12.57 between 12 and 13 uh, with his highest ranking going 
at seven, Lois at 17, and Kachuk is at, you know, 14 to 15 range uh, with his highest going 12 and latest 19. And you know what, Dave, it's funny, we, we ranked Panarin higher than Kachuk. As somebody who'd be like, at that point in the draft, if I'm looking at that, you know, 13th, 14th spot on the turn, I probably would lean Kachuk just for the the potential upside, even though I think Panarin's probably the lock for like that safe guarantee more. Like we mentioned, I have him in that upper tier, but if he went and then Kachuk fell to me and I was at 14th and on the turn and I was able to take him and like, you know, a top center or whatever on the turn, who knows? Uh, I'd be pretty happy. I, I just, I think in our uh, non couple league that we played in last year with you guys, uh, I took him as, like, and that's a categories league, not a points league. I took him pretty high. He didn't quite, you know, perform to where I was, but I wouldn't hesitate to do that again this year, just uh, especially in a categories league where he's going to just knock it out of the park for those shots and hits like he did last year. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Even though I have Panarin ranked higher, I think I'd be more excited to draft Kachuk in that same range. Sounds like a fake list to me. I, I don't know. I thought Dave <laughs> said these top 10 lists are supposed to be who we would draft. <laughs> in order but okay no hey, well, I, I, said I still I would put my list on what i think that they're gonna finish in uh in the couple not necessarily how i would be drafting uh with my gut well, uh this is more so my list is where i think they're gonna finish in I, I still would draft Panarin would over to jack i just wouldn't feel good about it like i would i just wouldn't take either of them at that spot like kind of what i've mm-hmm. talked about on a lot of these lists Left wing is deep as poop. And I would not want to take someone like Panarin in the first round in that spot. I would take right wing or center or maybe even uh, defense at the beginning of that second round, somewhere like that. So I, yeah. Yeah, I'm curious, I, Dave, Mitch Marner, Mitch Marner being the guy who's right between Panarin and Kachuk uh, on those drafts, would you be taking Mitch Marner over top of either of those guys? I would take Mitch Marner before Panarin and Tchuk, yeah. Yeah, just because he's a, he's a right winger. It's valuable. Yeah, I would just, if, if given the choice between Panarin and Tchuk, I'd, where they're being drafted, I just wouldn't. I would take a different position, would, <laughs> would, would be my I, I think I would I would take Marner ahead too, I think. Uh, sorry, PJ, if, <laughs> if, uh, if that's not what you're looking for. But um yeah, I, it's funny because I, I mentioned that you should be drafting the guy who you think will finish higher, but I started this whole uh, discussion by saying I actually had Kachuk ranked a few points higher. Yeah, exactly. Panarin, and I still have <laughs> Panarin higher. So, yeah, same thing. I And I don't think the Rangers will take a step forward. Um, just I think he like it's crazy to say that Panarin has a floor of like 100 points, but... Um, you know, there's always a chance that something clicks a little bit better than it did last year with um, all that COVID stuff the Rangers went through. And his just injury to clarify, at the end of the Mason, year getting thrown to the ice. Just to clarify, yeah, uh, Mason, I was expecting Dave to say he would take Marner over either of those guys based on position. And I think I would agree as well. Um, you know, we've already talked about how sparse right wing is for, for forwards. So if you can get a, a top level right winger, at that point, you're probably like we've already talked about some of these guys that are below Panarin and Kachuk that you could get on the turn. Like you could still get a Debrinka, you could get a Huberdeau, something like that in uh, around the turn. 
uh, yeah, I'd be going for the right winger first and then and then seeing what left wing falls to me on my pick in the second round if, if that's what I was going for. Yeah, I've got them projected within a couple of points. So um, that's probably the only situation in which I would, you know, draft for position is when there's just really nothing that I can see between them. Yeah, also that's a crappy spot to draft in. <laughs> like we've talked before about like how the top six this year, like you can almost like write them in stone into like what they're going to be. But yeah, like that 12, 13 spot, oh, it's such a nasty spot to be picking this year. I would not enjoy it, but uh, hey, we're all in tier three. So hopefully some of those noobs who are coming up into our tiers aren't listening to this podcast and uh, they will take Panarin and make it so that we will not have to pick him. So we all have Panarin third overall and left winger, but sounds like none of us ideally would be drafting him in the first round this year. So, but Hey, let's see if any of us, if we're going to all have the same list or if any of us will have something different here in our top two uh, Mason, who do you have for your second overall left winger? I have Brad Marchant second overall, and I do think there may be a difference with one of you. Um, but uh, yeah, I am planting my flag with Ovechkin at number one overall. There is no way I'm going against Ovechkin first overall, so I have the exact same, Mason. Uh, you know, Ovechkin didn't do that same spot last year. We did see Marchand finish a little higher. But Ovechkin, I just, I can't go against that guy. Like we mentioned, he's got the same things that I love about uh, Kachuk. He's, he's a guy who just shoots the puck. He hits a lot, but he also puts up crazy amount of goals. And goals are worth four and a half in a couple plus that extra 0.5 for the shot. Like that guy's just, you know, I, I think he's also a guy who loves the crowd. With crowds back in the buildings now, it's going to be interesting to see how he does. He's a guy who feeds off that. We saw his celebration after this cup. This guy loves playing in front of the people and and I'm not going to vote against Ovechkin yet at this career. He's still going to chase down the great ones record. I'm excited to see him keep pushing those points up. So yeah, uh, I put Marshawn as my, my second. I know I just talked about uh, Ovechkin more than, than Marshawn, but Marshawn's a great pick there. Um, he's, he did a lot. He finished first overall. If you're not counting dry settle for left wingers last year and couple scoring um, he's, you know, he's a pretty solid pick there too. He plays on that line with some great players. Um, he's, you know, going to be a little bit of a, you know, a pest to, to people too. And he's uh, a guy that people love to hate when he's not on your team. And if you're a Boston fan, he's probably one of your favorite players. Um, but yeah, he just keeps proving that he's worthy of being in that conversation of, you know, probably being a top 10 overall pick. Maybe I'd say maybe just outside the top 10 overall, because I'd probably put, uh, I wouldn't pick a goalie, but some that might put Vasilevsky up there. But uh, in my rankings, you know, he's he's up there in that close to the top 10 picks overall for Marshawn of all players, all positions, that is. And holy crap, people, we did it. Yeah. <laughs> I also have Marshawn second and Ovi first overall. I was so confident. I even said in the beginning of the podcast, I'm like, I'm going to have a first overall that you guys are not going to have. I thought for sure this list was going to be all over the place. Turns out it's by far our most <laughs> equal list to date. Uh, and I say that obviously our defense, I say that now, but I thought left wing was going to be all over the place. Maybe our defense, the whole top 10 will be the same. Who knows? But I highly doubt it. So yeah, I mean, Marchand, what else can you say? He's great. I just like Ovechkin better because of his floor with shots. And <laughs> even with like a little bit 
worse of like not having that great of a point output he still averaged like exactly the same like point like he point two a couple points less and so all over he has to do is increase that point uptake even the slightest bit and he's better than Marshan. so that's why i liked him here over ovi uh, mason what do you think about the two yeah i think it's funny that you thought ovechkin as the top left winger was a hot take i thought you were gonna have at least kachak maybe like to bring it uh, at first overall just to throw everything into the mix oh. but um <laughs> I, I had uh, Ovechkin in Kikupa last year, and it was fantastic, even though he missed um, missed some time for the first time in, like, uh, a lot of years. He missed some games. But, um, yeah, I think with NHLers going to the Olympics this year, you don't have to worry about him uh, missing a bunch of games, which would otherwise be a question. Um, and, yeah, he will, he'll, he will score a ton of goals. He will put up a ton of shots and hits. Um, there's no no way to complain um, about what he's bringing to the table and I think one thing that people are a little bit concerned about is his age but like he's 35 and Marchand is 33 like I'm not going to put him behind Marchand just because of age um, especially like Bergeron's older than him and uh, Marchand plays always with Bergeron so it's um, the gray hair you know if we're <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 it just looks if, old. Uh, although it is it is almost Ovechkin's birthday so um, as an early birthday present uh, we've gotten him at first overall yeah sounds good so <laughs> we all got the same top five uh, and I just kind of how I mentioned how I would not take Panarin at like 12 or 13 overall if I was 12 or 13 overall I'd be really hoping that like Ovi fell down to one of those spots that is that is like around where I would take a left winger in the first round uh, in hoping that, yeah, everyone's just thinking that he's old and kind of passes on him. Isn't actually looking at, you know, how many couple points he really does put up a game because of those shots. Every once in a while, he'll have like 12 shots or something like that. And you'll think he has scored a couple goals. And it's like, no, he just shot it like 15 times in a game or something like that. And it's like, he had like a goal and two assists or something like that. But uh yeah, any closing thoughts on either of those guys? I think uh, just with, again, looking at the mock drafts that the couple patrons have been doing, it's interesting to see Marshan and Ovechkin right beside each other at like 9 and 10 for average pick. Uh, both of them going as early as 6th overall, uh, where Marshan's latest is 11th and Ovechkin's latest was 17th. And just looking at it, like, if I could get Ovechkin at 17th, oh my God, would I be laughing. Ovechkin in the second round, I don't think we're going to see that too often. Um, but like you said, if I'm sitting at, you know, end of the first round and Ovechkin's still sitting there, holy smokes, I'm going to be laughing. Uh, that's going to be a great value for me there. Uh, and it's funny to talk about a guy who was, you know, debatably going first overall in drafts just a couple of years ago. And now you're talking about great value at like the end of the first round. But to me, He's a guy who has potential to like, you know, bump up and, and outplay even his position there at, at say 10th overall, um, you know, if some things bounce right and he plays well, he's going to be right up there in those like kind of, you know, five, six range or whatever. It's very possible for, in my opinion. So he's a guy that I, he's a left winger. I'd still be excited about drafting in the first round, even though we've talked about how heavy that left round or left wing is. Um, I like Ovechkin. I've, I've always, you know, I was laughing when he fell to me at fifth or sixth, I think like two years ago. 
Uh, and now if, yeah, if he fell even later, if I have a, a later draft pick, I'm going to be very happy taking him there. Yeah. So Ovechkin going 17th overall, that means that like you had, I think like the 12th overall pick passed on. I'm assuming that like you probably got someone who was even better value than Ovi somehow. And then a couple of schmucks behind you <laughs> completely whipped on them. And then you get Ovi as well. That's a great start to your draft. Like, and that's something, just a little bit of strategy, like never go into a draft, especially if you like know that you're going to be drafting 13th or 14th. Don't go into the draft saying like, okay, I'm going to go goalie defense or I'm going to go defense defense. Like you got to actually see how the draft is breaking out. Cause like if someone like that falls to you, you're giving someone way too much value for him. If you're just letting him go and just sticking to your pre-draft strategy or something, but uh, just yeah. going to say no, nobody should be going defense defense at the first <laughs> turn, especially this year, but someone, uh, we'll get to that next episode. I bet someone will. And, in one of our leagues <laughs> we'll see because they think like oh it's gonna be so it always it always happens i always see it like someone's like oh well i'm not gonna draft again for another 28 picks or whatever it is so i don't want to be stuck with no defense and so hopefully someone does do it hopefully not everyone in our leagues is <laughs> listening to this right now i guess we'll see i guess we'll see so honorable mentions uh pj uh, let's hear uh, one of your honorable mentions that we haven't already talked about. Yeah, for one of my honorable mentions um, would be Evander Kane. And he's a guy who's probably been in the top 10 in scoring for a number of years. But there's some questions around whether he's going to play or not. Uh, I think he possibly will at this point if we haven't heard a verdict. And we're already starting to see rookie camp starting. But there are still some questions. There's also some questions on if his teammates even want him there. Um, so there's, there's just some off ice drama that kind of could play into it. It could mean that, you know, some of that off ice drama actually affects the way he plays as well. We've seen it with players in the past who have babies or have twins or anything like that. And so, you know, a lot of this is weighing on his mind. Um, but he's a guy that if he is playing and, and he's in there, he had such a amazing season last year, like one of his best. Um, and he's a guy that could probably, like I said, these honorable mentions for my you know, nine, 10 spot, there's a very good chance that if he plays a full season and, and plays well and plays the, you know, power play again and, and top line and that sort of stuff, uh, he could probably outpace some of the guys that I have in there. There's just a lot of questions around, will he play a full season? Will he be out for a bit? Will he be playing at all? Um, so lots of question marks. And that's why I couldn't justify put him in my top 10. And I think we've seen that in the mock drafts and stuff like that. We, he's fallen probably farther than where his points would suggest like if if he is playing but i think there's a lot of people questioning you know what's going on with him yeah like he finished seventh in average left wing points last year so very high um and is falling to like 50 in the mocks i think someone will take him higher um in the real draft especially I mean, <laughs> in mocks, you don't really care. It's just like, oh, I'll just grab whoever. Um, there are these other players. I don't care if I miss out on him. In a real draft, somebody's going to be like, I'm taking the upside, then we'll pick him earlier. Um, but also because that's going to be closer to the season and people will uh, have more clarity on whether there's any um, anything coming up to prevent him playing. But um, my other thought is just to throw it back to last year because uh, if you remember, he fell a lot in drafts last year because of kind of the same thing like he was uh in debt they were talking about voiding his contract stuff like that um and he came out and had an amazing season so i think 
I think he will play. Um, I also think that um, if he's playing, this stuff isn't going to prevent him from being a good player. And if he's on the Sharks roster, I don't see them just sitting him because the players don't like playing with him or whatever. <laughs> like, I I think he's going to play it. And I think he's going to, as long as, um, yeah, he's on the Sharks roster, he's going to play and be good. So um, I might even take him above that. Uh, I might be one of the people taking a swing on him for thinking that he's falling just because of these questions. I am not drafting Evander Kane this year. I do. I don't see how you can play him with those kind of those gambling allegations until you know for sure that he's completely clear to them. Like just because you're not sure you're going to put him out there while it's possible he could like still be like throwing games or whatever the case may be. I just, yeah, for where he's go- like, it would, ha- he would have to fall to like maybe like the 11th round, 12th round for me to like finally take a shot on him at that point. At that point, maybe the upside would be so good. Yeah. I, I don't think he's going to be playing, so I'm not going to draft him. I would rather take a chance on like Jack Eichel or something like that, where he's going stuff like that. So I did not have him as an honorable mention. And I'm just going to say, just to add on that, Dave, I think it's an interesting one to hear. And, and, you know, it's all opinions. None of us really know, but there's all this allegations, like you're saying of like him throwing games yet. He had like his best career ever. Like, I don't think he was throwing games. I'm not saying that. I don't know. Like I, I I'm not going to make any accusations on whether he was betting on games or not, but I find it very hard to believe that he was trying to throw games when he like led their team in scoring and and stuff like that this past year. But like you said, none of us know, Uh, you know, Mason and I are feeling he might play Dave's feeling he's not. And I think there's going to be a lot of people in drafts going either way. So you might see that same guy in your draft thinking, Oh yeah, he's going to play and and he could go earlier than, and it surprise you. Uh, But also if he is a little bit farther, like Mason and I said, I'd be comfortable taking him a little bit later. Uh, I'd probably take him before he's falling like 50th or whatever you said, Mason, like I'd be taking a swing probably a bit earlier than him. I'm not going to be taking a swing on Evander Kane in my like first two rounds or, or third round or anything like that. Even if maybe his point projection, if you're like averaging it out or whatever is going to put him a little bit higher um yeah i'm not going that high on him but he's not undraftable in my mind uh when i'm going into drafts this year yeah it's all it's not just that he could have been throwing games he also could have been pulling like a pete rose saying like hey i only bet on my team kind of thing like that's still like isn't okay that's still not gonna jive he could have been like well i know we're going to minnesota and so no one's gonna be out partying everyone's gonna get to bed early and i think we're gonna have a great game (laughs) like kind of thing so I guess we shall see. Um, yeah, it is just baseless allegations at this point until proven otherwise. But I'm thinking that he, they could just hold him out until they can like definitively say we don't have proof. That's what I would. Th- I don't think you can put him out there while the investigation is going on. That's what I'm thinking. So I guess we shall see. One of my top honorable mentions was Kyle Connor. Uh, someone, obviously we talked a lot about the jets. We talked, I had Ehlers a couple spots over it, over him at ninth overall. Um, yeah, I just love him. Just the only thing about him is that obviously there's, uh, I guess also with Ehlers, there's questions about obviously who's ultimately going to shake out on that top line kind of thing. But I think he's going to be a lock for that top power play no matter what. And he could be locked for top line and top power play. And I think, um, I think he's, I don't know where he's going right now in drafts, but I'm guessing that it's probably around like uh, late second, early third. 
Uh, but what do you guys think about Kyle Connor? Yeah, Kyle Connor's uh, he's one of my honorable mentions as well. He's also a player that I've never targeted and never drafted. And I think the thing that always bothers me about him is he's great. He shoots. That's one thing, obviously, I've mentioned many times that I like. And he puts up points, but his periphs are just so non-existent. They, I just always end up drafting him and always end up being like, come on, like any game that he can't put up a point, all of a sudden is like a no points game for him kind of thing. You know, he might get a couple points for a couple shots, but you usually will have like a shot or two, zero hits, zero blocks, zero points on those pointless games. The nice thing with him is that he doesn't go pointless too often. He, you know, he's a, he's a pretty solid player. He puts up a lot of points. So he is an honorable mention for me. Um, He's just one of those, you know, you have those kind of players on your list that you just, you find yourself never, you always look at somebody else. You're like, Oh, Kyle Connor, he's probably the best guy here. And then I find myself looking at somebody else for some reason and, and ultimately drafting someone else. And I think for me, it just comes down to those perverse, even though, like I mentioned, I love shots and he does shoot, uh, you know, a decent amount. Um, but yeah, that's probably why he ended up being an honorable mention for me. I don't think he would have cracked my top 10 anyways, but he was kind of in that talk of some players around there, uh, maybe even just slightly out of my like I had mentioned, I had this honorable mention plus my last two picks in the grouping, and he would probably be the first guy just below that kind of grouping that I had. Yeah, I like Connor. I think I have him in the same range as you guys right outside. Where's he going? Uh, in the top 10. Uh, let me see. Going at 38, so around the end of the third, um, after all our guys in the top 10, I think. Um, but yeah, close, close enough to it. He's He's someone that you can draft as your top left winger if you need to, for sure. Love that value at 38. What do you think, Peach? He's going two behind uh, Krill the Thrill. So I, I think both of us could agree, Dave, that uh, I'd be taking Kaprizov over Kyle Connor at, you know, that kind of range. Although, you know, with these mock drafts, it is averages. So Kaprizov's averaging closer to like 36th overall and Kyle Connor's averaging closer to 38 but they only have one guy in between and that's Tyson Berry right now. And then Darnell nurse right after him. So, uh, you know, depending what you're looking for at that point, are you going to, are you going for a winger? Um, I do like that value. I think he's worthy there again. Like I mentioned, I I'd be taking Kaprizov over him and then maybe I'd be looking at, you know, one of these, uh, Darnell nurse or for his perifs or Barry for his points, you know, we'll talk about our D coming up next time. And uh, then there's also uh, Mark Stone and, and John Tavares right after him. So would you be taking Kyle Connor over Tavares, Dave? That, that's, uh, I think, the question right there. No, Tavares. Yeah, I think I talked about that in our center list. I think he's going way too low currently. But yeah, any of those guys, I think third round's great. Sounds like I'm going to like third round no matter who I get, <laughs> just based on all those names. I like all those guys. Um, so yeah, one of my honorable mentions is JT Miller, and he's actually the next left winger being drafted um, in the mock. So it is a number of picks later. So you'd be able to get him um, closer to the end of the fourth or maybe middle of the fourth. Um, but yeah, I I really like Miller last season or this past season. I mean, he wasn't very good, but neither was any of the Canucks really. And, um, you know, they're, they're a young team. I think they'll be, they'll have a bounce back season. And I think Miller will have a bounce back season. Um, he was ninth um, in average left wing points uh, the year before. So I think he can at least come close to that. 
um, this coming season. I think you've locked in on the top line now that they've um, filled out their uh, depth centers. So um, probably a bit of a Canucks Homer uh, honorable mention here, but that's what the honorable mentions are for. So um, yeah, I definitely think Miller should be in there. I did not have Miller as an honorable mention. Yeah. I'm a little bit lower down on him. (laughs) Um, I'd probably, I don't, I don't know like exactly, but so if 20, if 14 is the first round, 28 is the second round, 42 is the end of the third, and then that would be uh, 56th is the end of the fourth. I'd probably put him like end of the fourth, no earlier he's, than that. Yeah, he's going early fourth right now. Yeah, I'd say late fourth, early fifth. Uh, what do you think about Miller Beach? Yeah, I think he's going a little higher than I would take him right now. But also, I don't disagree with what Mason said. I think there's some potential upside there from what we saw last year. And I I think, you know, we might see a few of those Canucks guys fall a little bit in drafts to where we could get some value if they can have a bit of a bounce back. It's interesting to see, like, Pedersen two spots ahead of Miller and Bergeron in between them. Um, and, you know, uh, another guy who I'm not sure if uh, he's on either of your honorable mention lists. He's a guy I would never draft, but uh, the turtle, Matthew Kachuk, uh, is right after JT Miller in the mocks right now. Um, but yeah, I, uh, uh, as, a, as an Oilers fan, I, I don't think I'm taking Kachuk, and, and I don't think I'm uh, too excited about what he was looking like last year. But again, I think he might have a bit of a bounce back because that whole Flames team just didn't perform to what we would expect from them last year. So I have a, a feeling he could bounce back uh, same as JT Miller could have a little bit of a bounce back. Not that Miller was bad last year by any means though, either. I, you know, that whole team didn't perform, but Miller still had a pretty decent season. I had him on my team and I wasn't disappointed to have him, but I definitely drafted him later than that, than that last year. I thought Bergeron, when we did ours, our center list, he was going like in the thirties. I wonder if like us talking crap about how high people were taking him really like had an impact or something. His, uh, his highest uh, pick Bergeron in the mocks right now is 34th overall. And his latest is 51st. Yeah, so maybe it was just that one mock at the time or something like that. But, uh, yep, Peach, uh, you got another honorable mention there? Uh, To be honest, I don't know that I have too many in that same kind of category of the honorable mentions I was looking at. There are still some guys like Rupe Hints that interest me, um, stuff like that. I don't know that I classify them quite in the same uh, spot as some of the other honorable mentions we went to, but Rupe Hints is one that I... I find interesting. He's going definitely later in our mocks than what we'd be talking about here. And for me, that's great. Like uh, I had just looked him up. So he's going like 73rd overall right now. And just from what he broke out and did last year. And um, you know, I don't think he's going to be losing ice time. He'll be playing with similar players. Rupe Hintz is a guy that if I'm getting him at 73rd overall, dual eligible center left wing, check that one in for me. Um, next to guys like Philip Forsberg and, um, you know, William Nylander, uh, some also guys that uh, have some good potential there. So, um, yeah, Rupe Hintz is just a, he's a young guy, kind of a bit of a surprise last year. I'm surprised he's actually not being drafted higher after the, the season he had. Yeah, I agree. That's great value. I actually had him as an honorable mention here as well. Since you mentioned it, I actually have Philly Fors as an honorable mention as well. Uh, I'm wondering who you guys would take between those two. I'm a big fan of both of them. That's a tough one, Dave. I don't, I don't know. I, it would maybe be a bit of a gut feeling at that point. Maybe I'd go Rupert Hintz just because he has the dual eligibility. 
Um, but I like both of those guys. They're both being drafted in the mocks, like right beside each other, 72, 73, um, actually 72.79 and 73.14. That's, that's pretty darn even right there for me. Uh, they both, the highest being 59th overall and 58th for hints, uh, and latest being 82nd overall and 83rd. So those guys are pretty much a lock in the mocks of like identical numbers. Um, and I'd be happy with either of them. So if it came to me and I like, had those guys in my queue and one of them weren't right before me, I'd be getting pretty much a, a similar value in my mind. Uh, but like I said, hints probably just because of the dual eligibility could throw them into that center slot if I needed to. Uh, but like we mentioned before, with the couple having two skater spots, I don't worry as much about dual eligibility, but at that point in the draft, maybe that's where it, the, the value comes into play. Yeah, I would, I would be taking Forsberg ahead of hints and, uh, yeah, I, I have a tier between them, actually. So um, maybe it's just some questions around um, Dallas and with Sagan coming back, how the lines shake out. Um, but yeah, I, I feel pretty comfortable having Forsberg ahead. They both seem to miss a bit of time every year, so that's not ideal. But um, yeah, I like Forsberg. And as for position eligibility, like it seems like a lot of the top guys are kind of like locked into their spots. Like if you're a left winger, you play left wing. If you're a center, you're center all the time. And um, I would be completely happy to just fill out um, my roster with some dual eligible players at the end um, instead, because there's a lot more guys that move around the lineup. Yeah, I think I would probably lean hints just because Forsberg, I think it. Obviously, we don't draft on injury risk, but yeah, you can't deny Forsberg every single year. At least like hints last year, he had that one super weird injury where he like some days like he wouldn't know until like that day whether he was going to play. But it was something he could continue to play every day. But just some days he was out and some days he was in. You would just never know. And it was the most frustrating thing in the world to have him on your team. But um yeah, I, I would hope at this point that uh, it's completely healed. And I'm I'm really not worried about what the shakeout in Dallas is going to be. I think whether he's on the first line or the second line, I think both those lines are going to be bangers at this, not like bangers in like a bangers and mash sense, but like they're going to be really good, <laughs> I should say. And so I'm, I'm not too concerned about that in Forsberg. Uh, even if he can't stay healthy, it's just like, who else is he playing with at this point? Like Rijo and I don't know, the ghost of <laughs> some other players, but uh, yeah, they probably, probably Tolvanen maybe. Uh, yeah. It's a hard one to say. Uh, yeah. Okay. I like Tolvanen, but, but yeah, you never know. But if I, I'm was with just you. A flash. I, yeah, that's true. And I I'm with you. I'm like, I mentioned, I'm a big fan of Forsberg as well, actually. Uh, uh, Braden Papp and I co-managed Dynasty League and we swindled a pretty good uh, off-season deal that actually worked in both teams' favors, the other team going younger, and we gave them a prospect goalie and we got Philly Forsberg uh, and I think it made our team instantly better. Um, but, and it is funny, I forgot about, I can't believe I forgot about the hints uh, in, out, in, out, because we used to get the the message from Weeb every single day of uh, is hints playing and I completely forgot about that. But like you said, I, I'm hoping that's in this in behind them now. They've had a like a legit off season to to heal up and everything. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like both those guys could get good value if they're going where we said they're going in the draft. So I'd be happy adding either of those guys as a left winger. Uh, probably at that point being like your second left winger or something, maybe depending on where you are in the draft uh, and what you did earlier. And you know, either of those guys, I'd be pretty happy with being my 
my second in the, in the depth chart of my left wing. Yeah, that's top. That's uh, top of the sixth round where they're going right now. And I would be over the moon to get either of those guys that late. <laughs> Mason had a good uh, team name for everyone here. You could call yourself Hints or House if you get him on your team there. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Mason, that was all my honorable mentions. Mason, you have any left here? Yeah, I would just circle back to what PJ said about uh, Matthew Kachuk. I think he should be mentioned. Um, I think he's a really good player and plays with good players in Calgary. He's good, got good peripherals. So he has like the makings of someone who could um, be a top 10 player. But I do have concerns about Calgary and he really tailed off near the end of the year last year, which is exactly when they brought in the new coach. Um, so I just, and people are talking about how, um, you know, the new coach might help Markstrom. Like if it's helping Markstrom, that means they're playing a defensive system and he's not going to break out and put up a lot of points. So um, I have, to, I mean, he, I, he's ahead of both um, Hints and Forsberg for me, but uh, yeah, I think, I think there's just, too much there to justify putting him in the top 10 as opposed to all these elite players we're talking about yeah and he was actually in my top 10 right wingers i had him i believe uh eighth overall for right wingers he wouldn't have made uh my top 10 left wingers that's why i put him in the right wing list uh peach how do you feel though i hate him no i'm just kidding <laughs> uh as an oilers fan i hate him uh but like mason said i i think he's a guy who probably will bring back some of his uh, you know, draft stock, if you're taking them at a point, you know, he, he, that whole team, like we've said a few times, they had a bit of a, an off season. You'd hope that some of those guys would start to click. It's pretty rare that you see that many of their guys do not to what their standards are. Generally, you, you see one guy still trying to, to put it through. So um, he might be some value. He's a guy I probably won't be drafting. Um, maybe that's team bias, but also just at the point where I'm looking at him going, there's just some other guys that I'd probably take over him. So, uh, you know, that's basically where I land on him. Yeah. Flames players can only let you down so many times <laughs> before, before you start fading them in the draft. So sorry, Flames fans. Better to burn out than to fade away. I think the last guy that, uh, that just interests me and, and not in the same level necessarily as some of these guys, but a guy that I just kept seeing how far he was following the drafts. And I'm just pulling it up now to see actually where he was going, but Anders Lee is an interesting one for me of, of how late he was being drafted in these mock drafts. And I actually can't find them right now, but uh, in the um, podcast that they had, that, I think they said he was like 110 or something like that. Oh man, that's like so low in my opinion for the value there. I'd be very happy to take him at that point or yeah, right now he's ranking 127th overall. And to me, that's just definitely one of the best values of left wings that I've seen in these mock drafts um lately you know the highest he's going is 105 latest 155 you know i'd be very happy to get Anders Lee at that point uh in my draft yeah he missed some time i think maybe that's part of it people are forgetting um you know how good he was doing um before his his fantasy points per game last year were still really great so uh that's just a really interesting one and yeah you're right dave i, I forgot they did mention that on the uh, the mock draft kind of recap that uh kevin and elon were doing there so um, yeah, he's one that I just agree as well is, is great value at where he's going. 
Um, maybe now that he's been talked about on two podcasts, he won't fall that late in the real drafts. But uh, if he does, I think you're you're really happy taking him at that point. It's funny you said at first he was uh, going at 110, and I was looking at my rankings, and I was like, I have him at 108. So I hope you're not saying he should go way before that. But um, yeah, that is it's good value if he's going if you can get him at 127 for sure. Yeah, was it 128? That's very top of the tenth round. And, and that's in a 14-team league. So that's great value if you can get him that far. I agree. Uh, that's all our list. That's all our honorable mentions. We're going to recap our list here to wrap it up. Uh, Mason, let's hear your top 10. At number 10, I had Mr. Svechnikov. At nine, I had Landeskog. At tier break there. At eight, I had Gensel. Seventh, Pacioretty. Sixth, Huberto. Fifth, Debrinket. At tier break there. Fourth, Kachuk. Third, Panarin. Second, Marchand. And first, Ovechkin, the birthday boy. PJ, let's hear your top 10. Yeah, so again, Mason and I have a very uh, pretty much identical list with a few swaps of position there. So 10th overall, I went with Landeskog. Ninth overall, I went with uh, the rest of the couple patrons going with Svechnikov slightly ahead. Uh, Also had a tear break there. Uh, eighth overall, Max Pacioretty, uh, and seventh overall, Jake Gensel. So that's another little swap there. Uh, Jonathan Huberdeau at number six, Alex Dabrinkit at five, another tier break at that point to agreed. And then going with Kachuk, number four, Panarin, number three, Marchand, number two, and, uh, all of our favorites, Alex Ovechkin for number one. And I had Kaprizov, number 10, Ehlers, number nine, Huberdeau, number eight, Pacioretty, 7th, Gensel, 6th, Debrincat, 5th, Tchuk, 4th, tear break here, Panarin, 3 Marchand, 2 and Ovi, number 1. And I would just like to remind the voters that both PJ and Mason have Huberto 6th overall, and he would have to put up that insane point pace to make it worth that value, even come close to that value. And so, yep, that's how I'm going to close it out. Uh, I guess you don't get any, you guys don't get any final words. I get to close it out like that. Um, and so thank you everyone for listening. Be sure to head on over to at NHL stream scheme to vote for who you think had the best top 10 left wingers for this next year. So it's like the great Alex Ovechkin once said, the future belongs to those who believe in their future. See you.